What up, everybody? It is Friday, and the Big O Belt Podcast. We're live tonight. Live Friday. on Facebook. Did I say Friday? You guys in a time warp. <laughs> Did I say Friday? Okay, Thursday. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I Each wish it was Thursday. Each and every Thursday, 8 p.m., we're live on the Twitter and on Facebook tonight. Um, as you can see, the crew here, minus Jamal, uh, who will be returning next week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but uh, before we get into it tonight, just want to go around the table and see how my gentlemen are doing today. Will, how's it going? You may be calling me Will right now, but mm. you may any later need to refer to me by my retribution name of Knapsack. So <laughs> we will talk about that as the night goes by, but we may all need retribution names tonight for this episode. <laughs> I'm doing well. How's everybody else? <laughs> I am doing swimmingly as my retribution name of Optimus Prime has now entered the building. And <laughs> I feel like we're either going to be like the Dinobots, the, the Decepticons, or something of that ilk. But retribution will come for all of us at some point. So I guess my retribution name will be Cassidy because you can call me Orange, you can call me Isaiah, but this weekend, Le Champion is going down. <laughs> I don't have no jokes because uh, we, you'll see why in a second. Sellers, you all right, man? I just want to make sure we're cool. I know I, I know I talking about getting the days messed up, but I know Sunday for sure that uh, me and you got some beef in the fantasy football. Mm-hmm. That's when the, the champion comes in. The champion is not going to <laughs> that win is, We battle of the undefeated. That is my fantasy football name. You're right, because I did one last year, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 3 0 by the end of this week. But. Uh, anyway, let's get into some wrestling and definitely want to start off by the news that dropped earlier this week uh, on the uh, yesterday it was. And uh, that was the passing of the Road Warrior Animal, um, who government name is Joe Laurinaitis, uh, died at 60 years old. Um, and what's for me as I get my remarks about this really quick is that, I, you know, I, I got this thing about. This, you know, when people serve their purpose on earth, and then, you know, once they fulfill that, that's when they eventually pass. And I thought it was really beautiful how uh, earlier he was just dedicating uh, the day to his wife in her anniversary. And then they were on a resort and he eventually passed later on that night. And, I, you know, as, as, as sad as it is in the rest of the world, I think that's an absolute beautiful thing that um, he spent his last days in love with his wife where it could have been any other way. Uh, 60 is still very young. Um, he meant a lot to the rest of the world, but you know, I don't think you know when you think about a Cinderella or a fairy tale ending, um, you just can't dream up some of these moments and opportunities people have. And him being able to die uh, with his wife in love on her anniversary, I just think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but without a doubt, you know, when you think about some of the greatest tag teams of all time, I mean, there's no way. You're not putting the Warriors in that conversation. And, you know, when you talk about the the, the infamous pop that they got, it may never be a louder thing ever. And I also thought it was pretty cool that uh, WWE actually gave a nod to that because, you know, that, you know, that the, uh, you know, t- typically WWE don't kind of cater to uh shall I say fandom names and so on so like the road warrior pop is a thing that you know that came you know amongst the fans and for WWE to give a nod to that I thought that was really really special 
Uh, but I think without a doubt, you know, when you think about some of the best tag teams, some of the most iconic tag teams, uh, you know, there's no way you don't mention the World Warriors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just to add to that, I'm going to shout out Defenders DC XFL because that was the point I was going to make. Uh, seeing them on Dark Side of the Ring, uh, when the title was The Last Ride of the Road Warriors, you, you hit it on the head. When you think about timing and how things happen for a reason, just look at that title amongst itself, not knowing that when that debuted in May, that a couple of months later, that would be the passing of, of Animal 2 and both tag team members will be deceased. Um, so being able for him to get a chance to tell that story, uh, which was beautifully done on the episode, um, just shows some class and timing that, that that show has done just to bring the acknowledgement of how impactful that team was um and 60 is still so young um when you think about it i mean we're over half that age so it's like when you think about it for us it's like you know wow time is very short but we got to make sure we embrace it the best way we can Mm -hmm. yeah no Mm -hmm. doubt as someone who grew up in the 80s who first started watching wrestling in the 80s it's really hard to understate just how huge the road warriors were i cannot think Mm -hmm. of another tag team in my lifetime that was as big as them, as successful as them, as far as like being big time, legitimate main eventers, but as a tag team act. The Road Warriors, no matter where they went, whether it was Japan, whether it was the AWA, the NWA, WWF, they were always a big deal up until like the early 90s when they kind of started having health problems and stuff. But for that 80s run, they were it. And what really nailed it for me thinking about back then, what was different about the Road Warriors was they were one of those acts like Hulk Hogan or Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair that people who didn't watch wrestling mm-hmm. knew who they were. They transcended wrestling. And also a key thing is the road warriors made people believe folks thought those guys were legit, yep. really out there beating people up. They may thought other oh, stuff in wrestling wasn't on the up and up, but they'd see the road warriors and be like, Oh damn, I'm scared of those guys. Those mm-hmm. guys really out there really <laughs> yep. killing people. The Road Warriors were no joke. They were no joke at all. And that's just something that we'll probably never have again. But my God, the 80s Road Warriors run just on an entirely different level than anything I've seen since. So RIP Animal and heck, you know, Hawk preceded him quite a while ago. So the Road Mm -hmm. Warriors are now in the afterlife, hopefully passing out the Doomsday device to people who uh, (laughs) deserve it. But God, what a tag team. Think, think about it from think about it from Dark Side of the Ring. They talked about their life as bouncers. And mm-hmm. for your point, Will, maybe right now they're bouncing people, you know, in the wrestling <laughs> ring in the sky. Right. People trying to get in. It's like, nah, you can't come in. And then they hit you with the doomsday device. So I talked about this earlier uh, for another show I work on. And we were, we were recounting the territory days, how when the Road Warriors, like you said, well, when they showed up to your town, you were paying money to mm-hmm. see these guys. It doesn't matter that they weren't single stars. They were stars. Mm-hmm. It didn't ma- Remember the game WrestleFest? You had to yep. get to them. They were the last boss of this, of this game. Absolutely. So right there, a tag team wrestling game, arcade game, where the last boss was the Legion of Doom, <laughs> and you had the Ultimate Warrior. You had Hulk Hogan. You had uh, Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase, all these WWF superstars. But who'd you have to run through? You had to run through the Road Warriors. So that's yeah. that's number one. Number two, for me, and it cracks me up, is imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. 
They were so huge in the 80s that WWF decided to make their bootleg version <laughs> of the Road Warriors in demolition because they wanted to cash in on that Road Warrior mystique, that Road Warrior aura before they turned them into LOD. And if you didn't know this and you were just a WWF person, you didn't spot the NWA or whatever, you would think, oh, yeah, this is really original. You have the leather, you have the spikes. In reality, you look over to the Crockett promotion over there and say, wait a minute. Demolition, two big dudes, spikes, leather, face paint. The Road Warriors, spikes, leather, their original iteration, and face paint. So Vince McMahon ain't stupid. So again, that is another example of trendsetters within the grander scale of professional wrestling. And as much as their fall was rather steep, I am choosing to remember that without them, we don't have the goats of tag teams of yesteryear, like the Hardys. We don't have 3D. We don't have Edge and Christian matches. If you don't take the time to think about their run against the Midnight Express, for instance, or the Freebirds, because tag team wrestling was still a kind of a, 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 a burgeoning thing. We didn't really care as much as we do now about tag team wrestling. Some would say some don't, but without them, you don't have those kinds of ladder matches, those believable stories in WrestleMania with 3D, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely will be missed. And uh, again, I don't think there'll ever be a pop louder than a Road Warrior pop. Now, again, obviously, I didn't experience, but anybody that's ever spoke about it says, like, it's second night. I like to think of it of it being, like, playing in Seattle and playing in Arrowhead at the same time, for what people make it sound like. Go back, go back and watch that one where they rode in at Wembley on the motorcycles. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. They got for running down the ring in those motorcycles with Paul Yeller, uh, Paul Ellering in front of them. Mega pop, dude. Yeah. And, and then we find out that Hawk was blitzed out of his mind. <laughs> that, was, that, that was the run. end of the run. That was the <laughs> last days of the true road warriors, right there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right, y'all. What's this res- retribution stuff that I, I clearly am not in the know about? <laughs> Quick disclaimer: I did watch Raw, or parts of Raw. But like, what am I missing here? Just, just some, just some joke here that I, I, I seem to not be in the end on. So, what, what's happening, Will? Oh my God, the retribution! And I guess the question is: as I put the graphic up on the screen for those of you following along live, the question really is: Can retribution be saved? <laughs> because <laughs> What we saw this week was something else on Monday Night Raw. So, you know, for weeks now, we've seen these figures in masks and this big gang of ninjas with them that are all, you know, destroying the performance center and they're invading all these spaces and creating all this chaos. And there's been a couple people they've been featuring more than others that seem to be the leaders and cutting promos and stuff. Well, Raw opens up this Monday and they come out, they hit the ring as soon as the show comes on and all of a sudden, they say, okay, we're going to have a match, darn it. We're going to have a match, or we're going to be on tonight, and we're now officially a part of the WWE roster, okay? Retribution's part of the roster now because they've been creating so much chaos that mm-hmm. WWE's going to sign contract. them. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to give them a contract and, and say that they, they have a contract now, but they can do whatever they want. So yeah. I don't know, big, big logic holes there. So bear, bear yeah. with us as we just, you know, what sense yeah. that makes, you know, but e- either way, but they took the hoods off. They took the hoods off and they're all wearing different masks. And there's a girl with blue hair that I swear looks familiar. I can't place her, 
there's a guy really tall blonde wearing kind of like a bane mask Mm -hmm. and he looks really familiar too they've never been on this show before either of them no 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 no. (laughs) and there's this other guy i could have swear he's he's got dreadlocks and he's got a mask too and i could have swore i recognized his voice maybe from doing commentary before but right? I, I got the same thing. I uh, know. I, I just can't place it. And then later in the show, when they have the match, they've given them names. These people have names. So mm. we have the big tall dude is T-Bar. And then there's Mace and uh, what's Slapjack. Those? Sla- Slapjack. Yes. Slapjack, Mace, and T-Bar are our first members of Retribution. So just because you think you know who they are, Apparently Allegedly. they're not necessarily them because these Allegedly. people have different nah. names and there's some people that were on Wednesday nights that I just don't see anymore. So I don't know what happened, but Slapjack, Mason, T-Bar. So that's where the joke comes from at the beginning that like I'm now mm. Knapsack and we're going to, mm. you know, we're all going to adopt our retribution names to go with this. To me, they sound like a uh, rejected GI Joe characters. <laughs> no job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. People are just wondering what's up with this because, like, the names are weird uh, and it, there's a lot to take in. So, you know, th- thoughts this, from those of you that have been following along on it this week. Okay, so I didn't oh, know that be- because I watched it, but it was in, I, I, I don't know, mute. So that's funny. But the names remind me of like when I used to play like SmackDown versus Raw mm-hmm. and I used to create my creative characters and I could make the best looking person, but I could never nail a good name. And has to come out with all these terrible, like, really, I'm really ashamed to even try to re- remember any of them. But it would just be something so terrible. Like, I'll just name somebody like, 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 I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Slapjack. Superstar. But, okay, but besides the name and besides them having a match, I mean, they did lose me at the part where they were just like, well, we're going to do whatever we want. And we got a contract so we can do whatever we want. And that, I don't know. So five members only, though. They said only five got contracts. So the rest are still independent contractors. Yeah. I mean, that would be almost as that would be almost as crazy as people that were looting and Target was like, yeah, we'll, we'll hire you. Not a problem. <laughs> you want a job? C- come through. We got you. Especially during Christmas Ma- season. Mass hiring. <laughs> Mass hiring. If you loot it here, come get a job. We got you. No problem. So <laughs> Correct me if I'm logic. wrong, but when they debuted on SmackDown, didn't they take a chainsaw to the top rope? Yeah. Yeah, they, that they was, just chained that was the pretty, ring. That was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> but <did>. yes. <laughs> so, so anybody who's listening to this show, the clear and cut, concisive way of getting a job is by fucking shit up. <laughs> Go there, wreak habit, get you a job, folks. <laughs> so I'm going to go I mean, to hey, ESPN. Only one thing you I'm going to break. What was that? No, go ahead, Damien. Go ahead, Damien. No, go so ahead. I was saying, I'm, I'm going to go to ESPN. I'm going to run right into Chris Berman's office. I'm going to break everything <laughs> in his office. And then I'm going I'm to hit him with a steel chair and then go into Dan <laughs> Levitard's office and hit him with a staple gun and say, give me your jobs or else. Because that's how it's going to work now. I literally just have to go into places and just cut the top rope with the chainsaw, beat up people and a cameraman, and it's all good. And, and be named after a final fight reject, as I was saying earlier today. A final uh, fight reject. <laughs> but so, one thing so, you cannot do, though, is one thing you cannot do as long as you don't choke somebody with their necktie. With a tie, yes. Yeah, that's the only thing you can't do. 
Yep, that 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 was already established with Nexus. Yes, you cannot do that. So yeah, is this the new version of Nexus where it's the same deal? We we trash the place, but we get jobs for doing it. It's I don't know. Though I think the biggest jarring thing to me is this whole choice that was made of we're going to take some very familiar faces, Allegedly. but put them in attire where you can obviously tell who they are if you've been watching our other shows. Supposedly. But we're not going to say that they're them. That's the part I don't get because like, you could very easily have them more covered up and use these other names. Right. Why are they having them so exposed to where it's very clear who the members of Retribution are, but mm-hmm. then being like, oh, nope, this is T-Bar. <laughs> that, I, that's the part that doesn't compute to me that I can't figure out. Do you remember when NXT first started making headway, they had these random memes of the generator for some of the generic names people were coming up with when they left right. the Indies? So instead of uh, Pac, it was Neville or Adrian yep. Neville, Sami yep. Zayn for, for uh, El Generico. So we got T-Boz and Slackjaw and Grimlock. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking <laughs> Hasbro must be having a field day. Because they must have got these names from all the Transformers of the 80s, all the G.I. Joe characters. Shoot, throw some GoBots in there, too, and you have a whole litany of people that you can name them after. So if they want to make money that way, that's fine. What really disappointed me just as much was the in-ring portion was was just as bad. It's terrible. It was terrible. These people are really, allegedly, these people we might know are good wrestlers and they were handcuffed by this stupid gimmick and these stupid outfits. And they didn't look badass. They just looked bad. Yeah. And the, the masks, the way, the way I was thinking about the masks when I saw them, I was like, it's like they ran over to Spirit Halloween and just yeah. ripped the masks <laughs> off. The yes, yes. It's just like, it's just like, what? I don't, I don't get it. It's like for a company that has so much damn money and usually really puts a lot of it into costuming and stuff. It's like, this is what you're going with on your like your flagship Monday night show. It's just it's weird. Now, the one saving grace, I'll say, is since this has happened, these retribution folks, they got some heck of a good jokes on the Twitter machine. So if you're following along any of their accounts that have now switched over, they're joking about the ratings. They're they're cracking jokes about all kinds of stuff. So they switched over. Oh, give me give me these jokes here. Oh, I need well, let's jokes. see. Well, of course, you know, the Wednesday night ratings came out, as they always do. So mm-hmm. let me pull this up here today. I, I really like this one. So, you know, the notorious Brian Alvarez, if you know, figure four <laughs> online, you know, Dave Meltzer's buddy there, you know, he tweets out the ratings every week. So it's like he puts up AEW 835, NXT 696. And then under that, our good friend Slapjack of the Retribution puts up Slapjack 1.6 million. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know they're causing they're not just causing chaos on the wwe shows they're causing chaos in the twitter streets rating and chaos yes ratings chaos and i don't know i, I, I maybe it. they can lean into it like that and just be ridiculous <laughs> and it'll be kind of fun but i don't know as far as that on will. tv they need yeah. help that will i think that's you hit it right there they need to steer into this skid knowing it's so bad where they troll people now online to make themselves mm-hmm. even more popular. Like mm-hmm. we, they, I, I, when was it two days ago or last night, CM Punk was going in and then yes. they went in after CM Punk. 
So now they're starting to gain this traction of being internet trolls. So maybe that's mm-hmm. going to be the new gimmick now. Now they're dressed like trolls, apparently, and they'll come out with troll masks and start, you know, just start clowning people. How but, about we oh, put them in underground too? Might oh, well. you know what? Put them in lucha. And I was going to say lucha underground. Yeah, put them in <laughs> underground. Shit, put them in lucha underground. Bring them back. <laughs> Damn. Okay, now now I can now I can give some thoughtful input onto <laughs> this now. So obviously the gimmick is trying to really bring out the whole Bang and Batman thing. That's yeah. that's what the of look course. is. Uh, yeah, they might want to also like tread lightly on this because uh, we we the know these big businesses love to hand out those cease and desist orders. And if you're trying to bang this out a little too much, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was almost name bang at this point too. But yeah, was it T Bar T Bane? T Bar Mason slap. Like I, under probably unpopular opinion, I would have been okay if they just would have did uh, Sanity again. Just the style. I mean, they didn't have to use the name, but they could have went with that style again. I mean, because they really dropped the ball on that. Uh, but it was working. But for whatever reason, um, I am not excited about this. I mean, like. I, I I don't know. It just gives me it just gives me that whole bang feel, and the whole idea of saying we got a contract didn't like that didn't like how I was how I was being sold or anything. All the build up and it's just like, so I I don't know I don't know. I mean, good for them for getting slots on Raw number one, mm-hmm. but uh, okay. also Sanity was on Raw for a minute if we remember. So barely. Look. To Will's point, I think they just waited way too long to pull the trigger on this, the unveiling, or to do anything else besides cause property damage. I think yeah. that was the, the number one thing was waiting too long to unmask. And then the names. And now they're, it's almost as if they're militaristic and allegedly, you know, people from NXT. If you were going to go with that angle saying we are the disenfranchised, you didn't want to bring up from NXT. So we're here to claim our spot. I would have I would have rolled with that because there's a little bit of a, a bit of a backstory mm-hmm. because allegedly Mercedes allegedly I'm gonna keep saying allegedly Mia and DiJack and Thorn and Delo <laughs> or Dio were were being held down remember allegedly so nobody thought they were gonna make it to the main roster especially Mercedes allegedly after coming back you know from the Indies. So go with that. Go with the look. You left us for dead. You didn't care about us. We lingered at NXT without a call up. We're here to, to make our own call up. That's all you had to do. Especially when we heard about the rumors that what's his face was supposed to be the leader, uh, Champa, but that died. Mm-hmm. What's that say? Is this what I'm missing out on? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, seen, I have not seen this one yet. <laughs> Xbox case, is now standing there. Sorry, sorry for the people that's listening oh to this. So T T Bar just Put a tweet out as we're recording. TJ, I missed <laughs> T Bane. Hey, what about his name was T Bobs? I mean, that could have scored someone. <laughs> Our mission is to, is to destroy WWE, and we would do so by laying waste to every single superstar, past and present. Our only exception to this is the real Xbox because Xbox is an outstanding name. I love it. That's the. I think that's the way they got to go with this. You got. You got to make something. You got to have some fun with it at this point. I mean, Lord knows that darn ratings tweet. I thought it was hilarious, and I did see a couple people going, "We'll see if they keep saying that kind of stuff when the ratings drop next week on Raw." It's like, 
It's like, just chill out. It ain't that serious. If you can't, if you can't laugh about this damn thing the way it came off this week, it's like, I mean, I don't know. There were so many people I saw Tuesday morning online just being really worked up about, you know, it's horrible. They've ruined these guys' careers. It's like, come on. If you've been watching wrestling for any amount of time, you mm. know, every <laughs> once in a while, some real dumb stuff happens or there's some creative that just totally misses the mark it happens it can be fixed but i think that's the big thing is like the p- people allegedly involved we all know we know they're all talented mm. so it's the creative that's the issue <coughs> so i don't think it's a lost cause by any means nah. but it's something that needs to be worked on very quickly they yeah. need to adjust very quick in some manner I will add this too, Will. I will say, just like the New Day, when that gimmick first came out and had it had that little Kirk Franklin God's property theme and they made the most out of it, you have to make the most out of this one. So these five members of Retribution, whatever what their names are, they have to try to make the best out of this situation in order to grow and then make this thing bigger than what we think it could be. Yeah, it's a terrible start, but use what you have, like that tweet that just came out, and just build on it. Whether it's comedic, whether it's serious, whatever you can do, get over. That's all you have to do is try to get there over. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, remember how when Raw Underground first started, we were cackling on air about how ridiculous this may have been to, at, at the beginning. And mm-hmm. now it's a regular staple of Monday Night Raw. So who knows? Maybe we're going to have the retribution segment every Monday where they do something ridiculous, <laughs> like be the anonymous Raw GM at some point. And we're talking about them. Because from what I've read, they're going to be around at least past Survivor Series. Mm. So get ready for them to be involved in the They'd elimination the match. Match of Survivor Series. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, I'm, here, I'm here for the laughs. And good luck. I mean, again, some, on TV is better than nothing. And mm. no matter if it's bad or good right now, um, it obviously always has the opportunity to change um, in either direction. And from being bad in most people's perception only ways up. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Beat the tweets. Hey, look, matter of fact, on another note, because I want to switch subjects, but uh, really quick, uh, when you're working the Twitter good, that's always a good sign. Like that's, that's literally has rocket shipped a lot of people's career when you know how to do that. Um, so, you know, this could, this could ultimately be the start to uh, better things to, to, to come for them. What else are we talking about tonight? Oh, man. There's a couple of things that come to mind, but I guess we will just go over to AEW. Now, I will talk about this. We didn't talk about it pre-show, but I do want to bring this up. We did get Miro's debut match. Yes. Right. He was tagging with... Um, why is Kip his name? Sabian. Yeah. Kip, yeah. Kip, Kip Sabian. Sabian. Kip Sabian. You got me getting ready to say Chris Sabian. Kip Sabian uh, versus uh, Joey Janela and, mm-hmm. yeah. Sonny Kiss. So, Sonny Kiss, yeah. So, for me, number one, Miro got a huge pop when yep. he arrived last week. Mm-hmm. And then this week, put him in a tag match. And for me, I know Will probably, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Will Twitter in the last couple of days, but I'm pretty sure Will has had something to say about this. But <laughs> as 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 Miro being ex WWE Rusev, you know it's the whole idea. If you go WWE, you're gonna get the opportunities you didn't have. Blah 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 blah, and that's fine. That's fine. When we were talking about people being signed in different places, I identified Rusev Miro 
as being a legitimate top tier talent if he mm-hmm. had went to Impact, if he had went to AEW. Didn't matter where he go, the guy we know has the gist to be up there with the best of. I mean, when you think about the WWE, his feud was John Cena was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, probably don't get uh not John Cena, um, not John Cena, um, whatever. But Maybe he doesn't get enough credit because he's such a likable person and he was just so hot with Rusev Day and everything. But he's legit a top-tier talent. He's mm-hmm. in some of the best shape of his life. Um, he's charismatic just as much as he can be a heel. Uh, so he can work him either way. But, like, him being in this tag match, just long story short, did nothing for me. This absolutely mm-hmm. was not the way that I think you bring a guy in of his talent into this shenanigans of a <laughs> gimmick match that he was put into. That just didn't make sense for me. Being with Kip did absolutely nothing for me. Yep. I I will say this and kind of disagree just a little bit. I can explain why. I I think you have to slow burn him when you bring him into AEW. Because right now, when you think about that, that whole roster, they have their top tier set, you know, as far as the originals per se of who's going after the main title and everything. And you can slow burn him in this likable heel role. But then when he becomes that monster face, when he eventually turns on Kip Sabian, then it's going to make him a big star. And I think you have to slowly do it with him because you don't want to put him out there too fast because I think if you do that to debunk his growth in a way with AEW, even though he is a top tier talent, make sure you build him up kind of like what you did, John Moxley. You just didn't automatically put him at the top. You kind of medium burn him in order to make him the megastar or the, the feeder of the company. Now, no. I don't know about that part because nope. Mox came in and immediately first thing out of the gate, he ends a pay-per-view putting Omega through the casino chips. That was his very first thing he did in ADW. So they established mm-hmm. him amongst the top guys from the jump, from the jump. My biggest issue with the Miro thing so far is the pairing with Kip Sabian. Cause to me that automatically slots him at a very low level. Kip Sabian has not been a high featured guy. He's barely even what I would call a mid carder. He's just kind of been around. He's not by any means a guy they've heavily featured on AEW television. So to me, it's like you immediately bring Miro in and he's hanging out with, with Kip Sabian. It's like, Okay, you're telling me he's barely a mid-carder then. It's like, I'd want him brought in at a high level right off the bat. And if you can't do that right now, that's fine. But in Mm -hmm. my mind, if you can't do that right now, keep him at home. Mm Because he's not, to me, you do not need to introduce him. You do not need to build him up. Because this is Rusev. Your Mm -hmm. audience knows who this guy is. Mm -hmm. I don't think he needs to be introduced. If they know who the hell Brody Lee is, they sure as hell know who Rusev is. And I would absolutely push Rusev harder than they're pushing Brody Lee. I would have brought him in immediately as a monster at the top of the card in a big, big way right off the bat. I would not do it in this manner. But they're here and that's what they're doing. And it's definitely, it's awkward. It's Mm -hmm. awkward right now. That that tag match is not what I would have done last night. It's just... I'm not sure what the what the goal is right now. Maybe the goal is we're more concerned with getting over Kip Sabian. And to me, that shouldn't be the goal at all. That mm-hmm. I, my, my interest is like, what are you doing with Miro? I, w- I want to see yeah. him as a main eventer. So I don't know. No, but oh. that's my that's just my point. I mean, when I brought up the John Cena thing, like we've seen that he can hang with the best, but we've seen how that few ultimately Ended. went for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, again, like you don't 
like sellers. If Aaron Rodgers somehow doesn't end this year on Green Bay, if he gets mm-hmm. traded, you're not going to put Aaron Rodgers on your bench, right? You're comparing Aaron Rodgers to Miro. That is not an accurate <laughs> comparison point. When I'm talking about I, I, somebody I get who's his, a, I get top, thing, a top elite person that you know has the talent, the guy, the guy has the talent. There's nothing to be. There's nothing to dis to, for anybody to disagree with. When he when Rusev Day got hot, WWE didn't even know how to contain that. They mm-hmm. went, they they were just like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. snap. And he's in good shape. He's not problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh he has everything that you want to build a company around, regardless. He has a good fan base who's loyal. Uh, not to mention, like, even even like go like like analytics-wise, when it comes down to meet and greets, his is always sold out. Like Rusev is just that person. Uh even as a heel, he was super likable. People like identify this guy as a really good person. And what I'm saying is that, you know, in one circumstance, he didn't get everything that potentially he could have been used to be. So you signing mm-hmm. this guy from as a free agent from a, from the biggest promotion, you're bringing him yours. Mm-hmm. You don't sit him on your bench, and you you damn sure don't put him on your practice squad. Give <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy a squash match and call it a day. And let him impose mm-hmm. his will there. That 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 pop that he got again. It's kind of weird because you're like, oh, there was fans there. It sounded like there was a lot more fans there than it was because they went crazy for this guy. And and to my point with Aaron Rodgers is just like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is somebody that we know is top elite talent in the NFL. And and the reason why I picked him because a lot of rumors are saying that he won't be in Green Bay by the end of this year. And if mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers somehow gets signed to another team. There's no way you're sitting Aaron Rodgers behind anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback all, off of Celis's point with the slower than slow burn. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to remember when he left WWE, he was not in the main event picture. He wasn't even in the mid card. He was off television for a long time before they let him go. So if you're gonna bring him in, yeah, I know the fan base knows him. We know him. We love him. Mm-hmm. We want to see him push to the moon. But where would you have slotted him? Because I kept, I was a, when I was yeah. watching last night, where would you have slotted him based on where he left the organization he was in? Because if you immediately shoot him up to upper mid card or, or low main event, the Twitterverse, as we all know, would have been attacking it, saying, Great, another WWE guy getting pushed. What about your homegrown mm-hmm. talent? What about the Kenny's push? What about Hangman's push? You're going to push Miro. I understand that. So the only place we could have put him would have been something a little (laughs) higher than Kip Sabian. I would have put him a little bit high. Hey, at least he's not on dark. That's the number one thing. To your point, two champs, after hearing the pop he got night one and after hearing the pop he got last night, Mm -hmm. if I'm booking AEW, I pivot real quick. Either A, give them a title shot and then break them up or B, have Miro realize, man, I don't need this guy to stomp him out. And right. then he can do a one-on-one feud with him, squash him at like a dark or on a dynamite episode and move on to the next one. Maybe the loser between the Kenny and Hangman feud can go up against Miro. Because when he came out last night, I, I, was, I was working at the, at the bar last night. And the first thing I said was, he's going to be the guy that wins the world championship, hopefully against Mox. Because I think mm-hmm. that would be who I would want to take the title off Mox. But he might be yep. so popular that you don't want him to do it. You might want him to take it off of somebody like MJF 
mm-hmm. or Brody Lee. So it could be a mm-hmm. transitional win of taking that title. They put themselves into a corner already, but you know what? It's a great problem to have. If you got somebody like Miro or Rusev, whatever you're going to call them, the Machka kick, Miro day, the merch is going to sell. Welcome back, big man. Those traps were amazing. And another thing we noticed last night, the word muscular development got used a lot to the point Uh that we started getting uncomfortable because JR kept thirsting over his muscular development. So we're going to make a T-shirt out of that with just his traps. And then they'll make money that way. But you know yeah. who I want to see him fight? I do. I don't, I'll let you get this point. I just want to see him wrestle Chris Jericho against Miro. I would like to see the trash talk and just have Miro just beat the snot out of Chris Jericho on <laughs> yeah, his way up the chart. I, I would love to see that because Lord knows this Jericho and Hager MAGA Powers tag team ain't doing nothing for me. <laughs> so let's let's break that up and do something else with Jericho I am fine feeding him to Miro to build him up as far as the whole idea of yes there would be of course the the, the backlash from the folks who are going to be like yeah it's it's another WWE guy getting pushed up the car and all his ex WWE guys but I think in this case that you have to do it it's rusive it's it's a guy who came out on a tank at Wrestlemania there's some if things in that tank too yeah, if you if you are going to do this with anybody and get that, you know, that thrown in your face, this is the guy you do it with. You don't do it with the woo-woo guy and have him out there with Cody Rhodes. You this is who you do it with. So You know it. Yeah, bro. I think re- regardless of that kind of, you know, backlash or that kind of sentiment, if there's any one to ever do it over, this is who you do it over. So yeah, I want I, more I'll, out of him. I'll just quickly add that. I mean, there's a billion people in the dark order. Why not start there? I mean, that's kind of a, <laughs> some of them are kind of comedic and some are doing better than the other. Uh, but why not? I mean, I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing the Coke Cabana versus Rusev match or Miro match. That could be interesting. I think that would uh, be a good but, match. But uh, yeah, this, this tag match did nothing for me at all. Uh, not the way you go. Uh, but before we get into our next topic, again, we are live. Anybody who's listening to our audio uh, audio podcast, uh, which you can find us on all p- audio platforms. Also, you can keep up with us at uh, BigOldBellGroup.com. You get all your latest news, podcasts, and other stuff there. Um, by all means, definitely each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. on Twitter at BGB Group Live. You can watch us. And interact with us, chat with us as we do our uh, weekly podcast. I said Friday. You can see our muscular development, by the way. We have to <laughs> we have to push this muscular development of the podcast. <laughs> Traps don't lie. <laughs> is, uh, Miro is enjoying that wellness policy free life. That's so. the first thing I thought of. I said, "What is their wellness policy?" Oh wait, they don't have one. No. <laughs> Big things popping. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. All right, let's get. I mean, we talked about AEW. We'll be back to AEW in a minute because we'll close the show out on the other thing with AEW. But let's let's go to NXT really quick. And with NXT this week, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, number one, quickly, the main event. I love how that was really booked, uh, as it was uh, a gauntlet match for the number one contender to face Finn Balor at TakeOver. And the reason why I like this match is because anybody in this match had an opportunity uh, to face Finn Balor. And it just would have just made sense. So I love the fact that they booked the match that really, really could have went 
any way. But Kyle Riley versus Finn Balor is probably going to feel really ROH-ish, and I'm really excited for that. I think that is going to be an absolute banger of a match. Um, overall, NXT, I thought, did a solid show up and down the board. Um, I, actually, both shows did good this week, uh, besides a couple of things you know that I disagree with. I, I, the the, the um, closing match for Dynamite was whatever, um, and then this Kip Sabian thing is whatever. Uh, but with AEW, the thing I want to talk about really quickly, this is something else I want to talk about AEW, uh, this interject is the vignette that happened where it states that a former champion is going to return to NXT TakeOver. And the question that I want to pose to you all is, you know, first of all, by looking at the vignette, who do you think it is? And then the next question is, well, who do you think it should be? And I have a few possibilities but because i talked enough i will pass it over to you all to let me know what is your thoughts about that and anything else that's related to nst for the day for the night for yeah, that night that vignette was real interesting it has a lot of green light it appears to be someone like it looks like what's supposed to be security footage of someone going through the performance center and mm-hmm. like like stealing stuff and talking about how they haven't been there and how they've been gone and they want to come back and take what's theirs and which opens up a lot of possibilities of what it could be. I mean, you got let's see, and of course that ends with the day to take over, which I think is October 4th. So mm-hmm. that is after Clash of Champions. We do have people like Sami Zayn who are a uh, doing stuff at Clash of Champions with the Intercontinental title, but could easily be a kind of slid off after that. So that creates some options there. So maybe a Sami Zayn, which would be real interesting because Lord knows Sami Zayn would add a lot to the damn matches at NXT with all the people that are possible to work with there. So Sami Zayn would possibly, I think, be an option, especially with, with the whole undercover like deal they did with it, with the uh, breaking into the thing. Being Sami's doing this whole like, you know, revolting you know, working against the man deal. Sami Zayn could fit in a storyline wise. As far as who I hope it could be. Boy, I want to Bo leave again. Because Lord knows he ain't doing nothing. Bo Dallas returning returning as the former NXT champion to have everyone Bo leave in him again down in a full sail. I'd love to see it. I think it might be a bit of a long shot, but I'll say Sami Zayn possibly hoping for Bo Dallas. I mm. thought it was going to be Bo Dallas, uh, to be quite honest when I saw the vignette, because as you said, he's been MIA forever now. So yeah. what other way to reinvent yourself than going down to the brand that made you who you were, who I'm thinking it's probably going to wind up being? My money would be on Kevin Owens. Strictly mm-hmm. because he's always talked about how much he loves NXT. They're not doing squat with him except for the Aleister Black thing. And after he probably gets squashed by Aleister Black, he needs something to do. So I think it'd be the perfect opportunity for him to go over and take back stealing Solomon Crow's old gimmick of hacking to take back NXT and make it his own vision of NXT again. I think that's who I want it to be. It's probably going to be Bo Dallas, but I want it to be Kevin Owens. 
So uh, Kevin Owens was my original pick, and I'm I'm a think it's going to be him because the looks can be deceiving. They can throw anybody as a, a body figure for these vignettes, and I don't like to pay attention to that too much because I'm still kind of upset they dropped the SmackDown hacker, hacker line trying to see mm-hmm. who that was. But but I, I think it's going to be Kevin Owens. But I'm gonna throw two wild cards that it possibly possibly could be. So just name everybody, in. so I don't get a chance. You know, just name everybody. Well, I'm going to just throw two wild cards, hopefully. Okay. So hopefully that's not the same ones you pick, but Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal. So I'm going to throw two two of those wild cards of who it could be because those Ooh. are also two people that you haven't seen in a while. And they are two former NXT champions. But uh, Jinder Mahal is more so somebody that wasn't on that NXT venue when it came on TV. It's kind of pre-NXT, but I think NXT be before members. the network. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So this could be like two members as a wild card that could be an option. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't. I don't have anybody because y'all named everybody. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> now, seriously, like, here's my thing. I would be perfectly fine with it being Bo Dallas. I think that this makes endless sense. Yes. Uh, and there's other people I can think, but like when it comes down to former champions, it's like it, you're not going to make Shinsuke go back there. Like I that's wish. not that's not going to happen. Uh, but I think a person that makes sense but isn't wasn't a champion is Elias because hmm. I feel like it's never worked for me, and I feel like going back to it or go, yeah going back to NXT and rebranding yourself um, is a good way to start. But he's never wasn't a champion. But yeah, I mean for me it's, it's either Bo Dallas or Bobby Roode, and I'd be I- cool with either. I'm gonna throw something at you since since you weren't sure and you were saying we ran out of people. You're, you're ignoring something very obvious. What about the ladies? Well, wasn't the belt in the not to say it couldn't title? be a lady? They were purposely distorting the voice. So Ooh. yeah, that's a good point. Who's to say it's not a lady? Who could that be? Ember Moon. Was she? A I champ? think she's still hurt. Of course, she was. She a was champ. A champ. Oh, that's right. They got get right. Shayna beat her. Um, could it be Paige? That'd be it's big. a wild card. That'd Paige. be a wild that'd be, card. Yeah, that, that'd be monumental, big. Because <laughs> it could be a Daniel uh, Bryan comeback, like, but but you know, not sure how her health is and everything. But just it, it was one of those things I noticed because they made a big point of distorting the voice. So I was yeah, like, they yeah. might be trying to throw people off here, and it's actually a lady they're bringing in. So mm-hmm. who knows? Just thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, former champions. I mean, it, it's not Andrade and no. Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, but I there's no way, absolutely no way you do that to Joe. Uh, but Joe's kind of on the tail end of his career, though. So, you know, it could ultimately be his decision, but like the hacker thing at Joe, please. Uh, and then if it's ladies, though, I don't know. Besides Joe Ember Moon. Please. And she already went down to NXT once. Yeah. Uh, Pregnant I, Becky. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> no one else is no one else is around. I mean, the champions yeah. were Shayna, Kyrie Sane, Ember Moon, Oscar. Is Charlotte and, and, too early? And then the horsewoman. And then Paige was the first. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, it's Ember it's Ember Moon or Paige or for or bust for the women. So but Bo Dallas and Barbara will be my guess. So we'll have to kind of see. All right, let's go to let's go to our last topic, and that's the topic of the COVID is not gone again. Oof. I don't know how many times we gotta <laughs> state that the COVID, no one's immune to the COVID, and um it's definitely still around. So wear your mask. Do what you gotta do, social distance, use that hand sanitizer, whatever it may be. No one is exempt, no matter how good they're doing. Uh, we've seen it happen in uh the major MLB. Uh there's been sprinkles of cases in soccer at the time. College football. College football. Um NFL has been good thus far, and the bubble has been good thus far, but the bubble's taken a lot of change to make that come make that happen plus now there's less and less people there because they get to the end of the season uh but that makes you may wonder well who the hell are we talking about well if you haven't heard there has been cases in aw now i'm not going to drain this out with too much talking but i will say this aw has done or what it seemed to have been doing a really good job in testing wristbanding mm-hmm. people and protocol uh, fans yes. are back and they're moving forward with, uh, you know, based on the phase reopening plans in their state and bringing in more and more people. And there hasn't been anything that has come out of that until recent. Will, I'm going to hand it over to you because I think what you said earlier, which I did see, made brilliant sense. Uh, and <laughs> kind of sad, but kind of funny at the same time, too. One of the retweets about an uh, uh, NST, an AEW dark talent also uh, coming out, talking about uh, their health condition at the at the moment. Yeah, so we found out in the, uh, I guess it was this last night and early into this morning that, yeah, a number of people apparently at uh, AEW have uh, suddenly are testing positive for COVID. It's not the main roster people, but the issue is a lot of the indie talent they're bringing in. And it's, it's, we, I had been talking about this recently anyway, that these episodes of AEW Dark, they're running like 10 to 14 matches. So also, also, Lance Archer is a main talent, by the way. A main, yeah, well, yeah, well, but he, to be clear, Lance is claiming he got it outside of the shows. Yeah. So his Family whole thing member. is he's saying we was contact contracted from family. And so he's not claiming he picked it up on site. Mm-hmm. Now, the other people who are starting to come forward today, there was a number of people coming forward, including uh, Benjamin Carter, who was featured on AEW late night this week and has been on dark the past couple weeks. And I think it might also be going through a number of the Buffalo talent that came down from Buffalo to work the dark shows. So not why I don't want to put any of our names out there. I don't know for sure, but Benjamin Carter did confirm that he has tested positive. So I'm comfortable saying his name. Um, what it really becomes like you have a lot of people coming down to work these dark shows that are indie wrestlers that are working shows outside of AEW since they're not main contracted AEW talent. And I think that is the big issue that's causing these problems is if you, if you're bringing in a good dozen guys to work these shows and they're working elsewhere, it doesn't matter how much testing you're doing, how much protocol you're doing. If they're yeah. asymptomatic because they're doing all this stuff in their off time, you're really exposing your roster to who knows what. And I think they're really seriously going to have to look 
at the amount of people they're bringing in to work on dark and hopefully pull that back some. I mean, to begin with, I don't see why you need a dozen matches on AEW dark. That's like, that's like an indie show. You don't need a dozen matches on dark every, every darn week. Even six sounds kind of excessive to me, but <laughs> even if you use half it, do six and like use some people you got there or people that are local or something, but I don't know. They had a carload of people from Buffalo. They had a lot of indie guys on these recent episodes. And I think that's where they're running into problems where you can take all the precautions in the world. But if you're introducing all these people that aren't the usual crowd down there, I think eventually it comes, it comes up and it bites you and it happened this week. So it is what it is, but hopefully it's a learning experience for AEW. Do we know what their testing policy was? I know we talk about it haphazardly, but do we know what their usual testing policy was? I mean, we got gist of it from uh, Christy uh, told us about it when she Mm -hmm. was there. Okay, so why are we only finding out now that people contracted it? We're wrestling with it, essentially. I mean, here's my thing. I feel like they definitely are taking... uh, a heightened measure to make sure that it's not known that a, a, a sorted amount of people have tested positive. Right. I mean, you don't kind of want that bad publicity out. And when you start saying that, especially when you've been priding yourself so much on how good you've been doing, mm-hmm. kind of like you don't want that to kind of get out. So, I mean, it, it, again, to Will's point, I mean, when you do have it's, it's it, in, 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 a, in a way, you're kind of thinking like, well, AW roster is quarantined because they're all regularly in the same group of people. But then when you start bringing in an abundance amount of outsiders in, infiltrating your bubble, then you're going to have these problems. And because maybe they started getting loose or lackadaisical with some of this because of things are starting to appear normal, then you don't want all the success, revenue and all this other stuff going upward to be you know, uh, deflated, shall I say, because of this. So you're trying to really mitigate the idea of who these people are and how it happened and so on. So uh, I I don't know. I, so for me, I just feel like, especially like the Lance Archer thing, I'm a little suspicious to that. I feel like that's that seems kind of like a, hey, please, don't say it was us, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say it was family. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Oh, who knows? Or he could be doing that on his own behalf. Who knows? Maybe here's a bigger question really quick. Well, here's a bigger question. Remember when a couple of weeks ago, Taz was doing a shoot promo about the sloppy Mm -hmm. shop that NXT was running. (laughs) And they talked about how NXT wasn't doing a really good job of keeping all that stuff under wraps. Looky, looky what we found Mm -hmm. people in Jacksonville in Daly's place. And Jamal talked about this ad nauseum. It was going to happen. Here we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was always inevitable. It was always inevitable. There, there is no 100% foolproof way to keep everyone safe. Even if they had a bubble, there's still the chance, you know, someone's going to sneak out or something. So they've, like we said in the beginning, like, like two James is pointing out, they've definitely gone out of their way to take significant precautions. But you can't control what people are doing 24 hours a day. And I think the big issue is just the number of indie talents they've brought in to work dark is it introduced a lot of wild cards to the equation. Because, I mean, we're not talking one or two guys. I mean, you look at those dark lineups. We're talking like seven or eight. 
So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are doing who knows what that are not part of their usual Florida bubble of talent. That that's where I think it comes down to. The upside of that hopefully will be that for contact tracing, hopefully they'll be able to know, okay, well, if this guy got it and he came down in a car with these guys, then okay, we need to test all them and find out where they were going and where they came from. So hopefully they can trace it back in that manner. And that'll be like a little bit of a silver lining to this whole thing. But yeah, to be fair now, NXT apparently is rumored to be having a similar problem. There was definitely some faces missing on NXT this week. So apparently there's another breakout in the NXT camp. And maybe like we were just saying, it's people getting a little lax. Now that we're into September, people, you know, numbers and even even as bad as Florida was in July, the numbers are better there now. So yeah. People are getting maybe comfortable again and, you know, the COVID starting to creep up a little on them. So (laughs) you you can't let up on this stuff. It's it's unfortunate, but we've been saying this for months now. Wear your mask, wash your hands, stay six feet away, please. Mm -hmm. Every single time we say it every show. And yet (laughs) really. Yeah. And I guess I got to put a disclaimer out there that no one's exempt (laughs) no matter what Mm -hmm. and where. So. You know, you could just got to do the best you can do. But like, you know, um, anybody obviously affected by this, we obviously wish the best. And we obviously hope that AW uh, mitigates their risks and learns from this. Uh, But yeah, all of a sudden names are starting to pop out. And, you know, it's definitely this again, just a reiteration of anybody and anywhere don't don't get off your game don't 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 start slacking because this stuff is this stuff is real and this can happen so one uh, more AEW point actually uh last night the women's tag match i mm-hmm. was interested to see what the development would have been coming off the the work shoot that we saw the previous week between rosa and eva lease and i'm getting really fascinated now what is aew's real relationship with nwa because Rosa is being put on this high pedestal within this port within them where it's like, wait a minute, are they going to let her work both shows when NWA comes back? Or is this going to be a, a, a selling of the contract like they used to do in baseball where American teams would sell the contract to an overseas squadron? You know, it'd be like, well, you can take her off our hands for $50,000 in a first round pick or something like that. <laughs> you know, a bag of Cheetos or something. But I'm curious to see where AEW goes with Thunder Rosa because she's on an even playing field with Sheeta. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Not so much about, and shout out to the Amante for actually, you know, for me being one of the, the better parts of that match last night. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm really curious now with the women's division. They signed Serena Deeb to, to be the trainer slash gatekeeper, I'm guessing, sort of that mickey james role to elevate younger talent hopefully uh it can only go up so as much crap as we used to give the women's division of aew kudos for them for the last maybe what three weeks to a month for finally Mm -hmm. (laughs) finally paying attention and putting out a decent product and i will say this i don't like to hate on people but brandy road should never wrestle again just putting (laughs) it out there (laughs) (laughs) i might have to agree with you ever Oh man! All right. What else do we got to cover? We're about to go on as Is there anything else we need to give Kyle O'Reilly the belt just so he can play the air guitar on it? Will's not happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
the air guitar thing has never done anything for me. But I guess if see, and also it's all the thing, they're kind of presenting him as a baby face. So I don't know. I think the big question with Kyle O'Reilly getting this title shot is are we building towards, you know, the inevitable split of the undisputed era? Since how will Adam Cole respond to it? Are we going to have a uh, Randy Orton wins the title evolution. in evolution scenario? Well, yeah, the, the big thumbs down comes in if uh, the title ends up on KOR. Then we get a, a little future shock uh, battling each other deal again. Um, Maybe so I don't know what we got to mention. Uh-oh. You know what else we got to mention? We, we talked about it last week just to follow up on it. Um ROH Pure Tournament Week 2 continued being awesome as it was last week. They're, they're continuing with the Pure Sports presentation. It was really fun, and uh, I love how it's different. I love how they're doing different stuff, and so they're sticking to the format of only two matches, bunch of video packages, in and yeah. out. Fred mm-hmm. Yehi is going to debut on this weekend's episode. So mm-hmm. exciting stuff for those of us who have been following Fred Yehi for a long time. He will be on episode three that will begin airing this weekend and then on uh, their website next Monday at 7 p.m. Mm. All right. All right. Well, I think that definitely covers it for the night as we got to our hour mark. Um, again, anything else you guys will make anything else you mind forgot real quick? I think Alexa Bliss is becoming a better version of the Fiend than the Fiend himself. <laughs> she definitely like, hits just call her sister better. Abigail now. Just call her yeah, sister. Yeah, might as Abigail. well. That's just, who just she is it. now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Miro suffers a minor injury. I just hit yeah, my ankle from last night. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he did. Wow. I thought that ankle injury did look like it was legit. Yeah, I mean, if he was never in that match, he would have never had that problem. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's done is a done. Sunny kiss, by yeah, the way. what's Kudos done is with a, yeah, no doubt. All right, well, that would do it this week. Um, we're going to end it by saying again: wear the mask, uh, protect yourself, stay safe. COVID is out there still wrecking folks, so uh, don't be a casualty. But if you are affected, wish you the most speediest recovery. Uh, we're back each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. live on Twitter, uh, possibly Facebook, but always Twitter. And you can listen to our podcast of Thursday, uh, which will be releasing the preceding Friday on all audio platforms. And you can uh, definitely keep up with us on all our latest news, reviews, podcasts, all that other good stuff at www.biggobelgroup.com. For the host here, thank you for listening, folks. Everybody stay safe, and we'll catch you all next week. Peace out.